Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I'm super, super excited that you're here today. Do me a favor, take out those sermon notes that you got when you came in today. If you have the Radiant Church app, you can open it up. We are in part seven of a series we have called Battle Ready, where we are helping you get equipped to walk in victory over spiritual warfare. And in the midst of these battles that you're in, I'm hearing report after report after report of people finding freedom and finding victory. I wanna know today at every location, are you enjoying this series so far? Like, are you learning a lot from it? I hope you are. Hope you're leaning into it. Make sure you're sharing the messages. And if people um, are missing a week, make sure you go and follow back up because every single piece of it has been important. And we're gonna continue to go through it. We're actually, this is our verse by verse series that we're doing this year. So we're dissecting a passage of scripture called Ephesians chapter six. And so while you take your Bibles, I want you to open it up to there or get out those sermon notes because it has the passage right there. While you're doing that, let me give you a little background of what's happening in this passage where we have Paul, an apostle, a founder of the church. And what he was doing is he was put in jail. And as he's put in jail, he's taking this moment to write a letter to a church. Now, let me tell you why that's important. Because this letter is being evaluated and preached 2,000 years later. So it shows me an important lesson. Lean into this. Ready? It's that your darkest days can be some of your most beneficial days. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back today. I know you're with me. I said your darkest days can be some of your most beneficial days. It, it might be painful right now, but it can be productive. Don't let those dark moments keep you back from making a difference in the world today. Some of Paul's greatest moments of ministry happen in the times of prison. So if you feel like you're in that prison right now, hold on. It's not over. God's not done with you yet. Can I hear a better amen today across Tampa Bay? Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 13. It says it like this. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, and some of you guys are in that day of evil right now, you feel that attack, you feel that struggle. Maybe it looks financial or looks relational or looks mental, but there's evil days that we're dealing with. He says you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, after it's all done, guess what you're going to be able to do? You're going to be able to stand. And then you're going to stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. He gives us six pieces of armor. There's the first one, the belt of truth. And then he says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We talked about that one last Sunday. If you missed the message, you need to check it out. Where we talked about this idea that, man... Peace should be with you no matter what is going on around you. You put those shoes on, and that just doesn't mean peace in your own life. How many know that you're called to bring peace into every situation that we're in? So Radiant Church, we are not just peace keepers. We are peacemakers in our situations today. And then it says it like this. In addition to all of this, or some passages say, above all of this. In other words, greater than those other three things, here's what you need to know. You need to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you're writing notes, I want you to take write down uh, the title of today's message. If you don't take notes, I want you to write down the title of today's message. I want to talk to you today about the shield of faith, the shield of faith. I was driving in my car the other day through the Selman on the Selman Expressway, and I was, as I was driving 
I was going behind a dump truck, and he was kind of, this dump truck was kind of weaving through traffic, going maybe a little faster than a dump truck should go, and, and I was kind of following, but I didn't realize that there's kind of a rule that you don't follow a dump truck for this very reason that I'm about to share with you, that as I'm driving, I see out in the back of this dump truck, a rock flings out and comes straight towards the vehicle, and not just towards my vehicle, but towards my face in this car. And I'm freaking out. And I have this moment where I see this rock that's a good golf ball size being hurled towards me, and I'm like, my life is about to end right here in this vehicle. And as it's heading towards me, I kind of flinch for a second and hold back going, this thing's gonna hurt. And it, as it just split second response, and the thing hits the windshield, and thank God I had the windshield that I had, and as it hit the windshield, it cracked the windshield, and then the, the rock flew over the rest of the car. And at a moment, it was really scary. My life flashed before my eyes. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever been like near death. I, this is my moment. I thought of all my regrets. I thought of all the moments that I've preached here at the pulpit and the regret of not saying as many cat jokes as I should have, like all of those moments. <laughs> Just kidding. The, the, the idea was, man, it would have been over if it wasn't for the, the shield. The shield makes a difference. And that's what's happening in our passage today. Paul is giving us armor to withstand and to come against the attacks of the enemy. And he says, listen, the next thing you need to take up is you need to take up this thing called a shield. Now, now the shield that, the, that was used in those days was a shield that was, it was important because it was actually a little bit bigger than this. It was about two and a half feet wide by about four feet long. It kind of curved around and the, sh the shield that the Romans would use, they would be able to duck behind it and it would be able to protect them from every dart, every attack, every, every rock, whatever was hurled at them, the solution was the shield. So you can write it down in your notes. The shield is the first line of protection against the enemy. And this is important because these shields were made of, of two pieces of plywood that were put together. They were sealed and glued together. And then they had a fabric that was wrapped around them. And what was interesting is they didn't just take it into war like that. They would actually take the shield and they would dunk it in water before they went into battle. Why? Well, archaeologists have discovered that some of the arrows and the spears had tips made of a combustible material that was then lit on fire, shot or thrown into the enemy forces where it would be ignited and even explode when it hit their shield. These people are using fire weapons against each other. And what was the solution? The solution was you can block it, you can shield yourself from this enemy. And I want you to know today, some of you guys, that's how you feel like life is right now. You feel like you're under fire from all different situations. Maybe it's something in your marriage or something in your life or something in your health. And you just feel like that onslaught of the enemy. God has given us armor to shield ourselves, to protect ourselves from the enemy. And what was the shield described as? He gave us every piece of armor was put together with something that was spiritual in that moment. So we see the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and we see the the shoes of peace what was the shield that he gave us you can write it down it's simply this word this word called faith faith is the word 
Now, faith is one of those words that's hard to preach on because there's a million different definitions and everybody's got their own idea. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you the biblical definition because it's the one that's in the Bible. Here's what it says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is confidence. That's the word right there. If you circle in your Bible, write it down. It's confidence. It's confidence in what we hope for. And here's what it is. It's assurance about what we do not see. Confidence and assurance. Confidence and assurance. This is what faith is. Now, I'm not going to try to present to you the fact that you need faith because actually you guys already have faith. You have a lot of faith. You just have faith in the wrong things. So, so a lot of us have faith in the wrong things. Like, for instance, let me, let me prove it to you. We have faith in the wrong things. For instance, have you ever gone to the Florida State Fairgrounds? Have you ever seen the people, like the people in there? They have full faith, full confidence, assurance. Have you seen those employees? Have you seen the way they put those, those things together? Like, I don't know what you have faith in. It's probably not a wise thing to put your faith in. But that is faith. It's just faith in the wrong thing. That's what actually biblical faith is different than that. It's actually this word pistis. And here's what it means. It appears 240 times in the New Testament. And here's what the definition of faith means. It actually means acting on the truth. Acting on the truth. It's making a decision to say, I know what truth is. I know it's wrapped around my waist. Truth is God's opinion on the matter. And I'm going with what God says. And no matter what comes my way, I have a shield that I can put up when the enemy attacks my life. And it's faith, which means I can act on what God says, on what God believes, on God's opinion of the matter. And when I do that, it shields myself from the enemy. Shields myself. And this is important because faith is not, write it on your notes, it's not feelings. Because a lot of us get these things very confused. We have this whole idea that our faith is, is man, I was in that room and wow, pastor, so many good vibes at Radiant. I just, man, I got, I got them in the room. It's just, I can feel it. No, no, that's not what faith is. And you got to be careful of that because if you feel your way into it, you'll feel your way out of it. And a lot of people, they live by their emotions. No wonder they're emotional roller coasters. But the Bible tells us, no, we live by faith and not by sight. So it's not even about what you see. It's not even about what's going on around you. It's not about what you feel. A.W. Tozer says it this way, any faith that must be supported by the evidence of the senses is not real faith. So it's not like, hey, well, show it to me and then I'll believe it. Or, or let me feel it and I'll trust it. No, no, that's not what faith is. You see, faith and feelings are two totally different things. Write it down your notes this way, because feelings are always circumstantial. I feel happy because of what's going on in my life. I feel sad when I look at my bank account. I feel happy because of that relationship. I feel sad because that person left. It's always circumstantial. But faith is different, and I want you to understand this today, because faith is a choice. So while one is dependent upon our emotions, the other one is dependent on a choice that we make despite our emotions, despite what's going on around us. That is why Paul changes the verbiage in the passage. I want you to see this. This is why we read our Bible slowly because every single word matters. He says, listen, you're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You're going to put on the belt of truth. You're going to put on the, the, the shoes of peace. And he uses this word that I want you to get. It's put on. Now write it down. Here's what put on means. Put on means it's always needed. 
So you always need peace in your life. You always need righteousness. You always need to be surrounded by truth. He tells us, listen, you're gonna have to put these things on, and by the way, don't take them off wherever you go. So, so let me just say it this way. Don't, don't put them on on Sunday and take them off on Tuesday. You need it every day in your life. But then he says, there's gonna be environments that you not only need to put this on and you keep it on, but then there's gonna be other environments where you need to take up a shield of faith. He used a different word. He didn't say put on your shield of faith. He said take up your shield of faith. And here's what that means, write it down. It means there's an as needed basis. So we don't live our life shielded. Because how awkward would this be in all of our relationships? Hey, good to see you, let's go get coffee. And you're sitting there just sipping your coffee behind your shield. <laughs> Hope you're doing good today. You know, like, like this is a weird date night, right? Like this is not okay. The world, you're not called to be shielded from one another. But there are moments where the enemy is attacking your life. It is as angry about your potential. It's firing at you. And you need to go, oh, this is a moment. I've got my shoes on because I keep them on. I got my breastplate on because I keep it on. I've always got my belt on. But this is a moment that I need to shield my life from the attacks of the enemy and to protect myself from what's coming my way. And you're going to need this in your life. You're going to need this in your family. You're going to need this around your kids. You're going to need this world where you say, I can take up a shield of faith to make sure that my life is protected. Write it down in your notes this way, because faith is a protective barrier between us and the attacks of Satan. So whenever you feel like that attack, this is where you implement faith in your life, and it'll shield you. So if that's the case, then we need to know some keys about faith that I want to give you today to help you build a foundation on this, to understand that there's moments you're gonna have to take up that shield of faith. I believe by the end of the service, we're gonna do it together and you're gonna see yourself walk in victory. Here's the first one, is that faith must be received. It must be received. It's not our default to have faith in our life because a lot of us, here's our default, our default is always doubt. Our default is doubt. Did God really say that? Am I really this person that he's gonna use? Is my sin really forgiven? And you leave an environment like this and our defaults always doubt. We're always going, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's the situation. And when that's the case, we need faith in our life. Now here's the problem when it comes to faith is that to have faith in God, you have to receive faith from God. So follow me for just a second. So we have to have faith in God, but the only way to get faith is to receive faith. Well, that's a problem. Because then how do we receive faith so that we can have faith in situations? Well, here's how. The Bible tells us. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes, it'll enter your life, from doing what? Hearing. From hearing. From hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So every time you are in an environment where you're hearing the words about Christ, where you're experiencing truth. Here's what happens. Faith is being deposited in your life. And when that happens, when you hear God's word, it brings faith in you so that when you go in difficult situations, faith can come out of you and you can walk in victory in every area. But the problem with this, lean into this at every location, is that means you have to be very careful what you're listening to. 
Because a lot of you guys, you're listening to the wrong things. You're listening to the wrong shows on Netflix. You're listening to the wrong people in your life. You've got this, this chatter going on in your life and you're frustrated because it's not building faith in your life. And you're like, I just always doubt. Well, it's because you're on YouTube all the time. And you're just sitting there watching videos that are creating doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt. Don't feed the doubt, feed faith in your life. Feed faith. Write it down this way. Listen, because when I listen to trash, here's what I do. I deposit doubt in my life. So when I listen to that junk, it's just doubt coming into my life. So I got to protect myself from it. But here's good news. When I listen to truth, you know what I deposit? I deposit faith. So when I'm leaning into God's word, when I'm listening to him, I'm telling you, it's depositing faith into my life that you have no clue when you're going to need it. Let me, let me just say it this way. So when you're driving and you're commuting to work, don't put on talk radio. A lot of this is trash. It's just trash. It's just, oh, what's happening in politics today? What's happening with the, with the economy today? No, 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 no. When you sit in that car, you know what you do? Turn on Radiance Worship album called Citizen Somebody. And what are you going to do? You're going to listen to that. And what is it going to do? It's going to deposit faith into our lives. It's going to deposit something deep inside of you. You're going to listen to messages. And you're going to be encouraged by your Bible reading plan. Put it over the speakers in your, in your car. And let the word be spoken over you. Why does that happen? Because whether you know it or not, it's faith that's being deposited in your life. You have to first receive faith. That's why we have to make it a point to listen to truth. That is why every single Sunday it's important that you're in church because it's being deposited into your life. I just want you to know this. There's some days you might leave and you go, I didn't get anything out of that. You have no clue what was deposited. You have no clue. You go, well, well, that message wasn't for me. Maybe not today. Maybe not for this month. You might not have needed it this month, but you might need it in six months. Watch out. Wait till you see that faith is deposited in you during that time. Parents, can I just encourage you? Keep getting your kids in church. Keep bringing them. Well, they don't like to come. Keep bringing them to church. You know why? Because every time you get them there, it's depositing more and more truth into their lives. Well, and, and your kids might be like my kids. I get them out of Radiant Kids. I'm like, what did you learn? Nothing. <laughs> well, what did you do? Uh, drew a picture. Like, I know you did more than that. I'm the pastor of the church. I know the curriculum. <laughs> I know what's going on. Like, like what's, what's really going on? And, and you get frustrated and you go, man, I guess they're really not learning anything. You have no clue what's being deposited in them. You have no clue that the depth of faith that's going out. Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. Every time God's word spoken, it will not return empty. In other words, it's, it's not going to come back void. Everything that's being come out. Listen, it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You might not see the fruit right now. You will see the fruit in the future. We receive God's word because it makes a difference. So we got to have faith deposited in us. Here's the second thing. It's faith now must grow. So now you've given, been given it because you've been in environments of faith, but now it's got to grow. And this is crucial for you because a lot of you think, you go, well, I heard the message, but did you do anything about it? Like, like, did you actually practice it? That's why we have a practical application at the end of every message. Like, I want you to do this. Why? Because if you don't do something about it, the Bible says it this way, James 2, 17, faith by itself is not, but that is not accompanied by action is actually dead. 
So it might be deposited, but it's dying. So you now you have to do something called exercising that faith, like getting it stronger and stronger and stronger. Something happens when you learn to exercise that faith. And so you're going to hear things that will make you uncomfortable here at Radiant Church. What's the purpose? It's to exercise the faith so that it grows a little bit more. Write it down your notes this way. Faith is a muscle that either declines or develops. And a lot of you guys, you're like, I'm just not growing. Do something with what you've been hurt. And when you do something, it grows in your life. So about six years ago, I started working out consistently. And I was pretty out of shape. And so when they started, you kind of have like a standard of like, okay, this is, you know, the weights that you should use. Well, I went in there and tried to use those weights and I couldn't do it. So I had to go like the lighter weights. I remember seeing like the little dumbbells that I would use. And they're, you know, little small little dumbbells. That, you know, they're the size of like a Coke can. And you're just like, oh, oh. and I'm there working out. And it's tough. It's tough at first. And you get a little sore. And then guess what happens a week later? You go and try those again. And guess what? It's a little bit easier. A little bit easier. Some of you guys, you remember the days you tried your push-ups? Can I try some push-ups? All right, I haven't done this any other service. We'll try this today. Some of you guys, your push-up, when you try the push-up, they do like on the knees like this. You know what I'm talking about? And you try, and then you try, and you go, oh, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard. And then you keep going up, and then you go down a little bit more, and oh, it's so hard, it's so hard. But then eventually, what happens? What was difficult becomes a little bit easier. And then you're able to, oh, now, now if you try these, guess what? You're not even getting a workout anymore. So there's some things that you've tried and, and you've gone, well, this is what it is for me. I just do my 10 minutes in the morning. That's what, well, that's what you're supposed to do a year ago. It's supposed to be 15 minutes now. Stretch a little bit. Go a little bit stronger. Well, I've given, I gave my, my percentage before. No, 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 no. Get stretched a little bit. Work that muscle a little bit. Because eventually then you're going to try regular push-ups. Let's try a little bit of these. Whoa. All right, we got a little bit of these. Then you're gonna try your diamond push-ups. Can we try this? Okay. And then one hit. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> the enemy doesn't know it. Listen, let me let me just tell you. He doesn't know it, but the things he's put in your life that's trying you is actually making you stronger. And and there's there's trials you're going through right now. And you're going, man, if I would have gone through this trial 10 years ago when I started following Jesus, I wouldn't have ever made it. But because of what I went through, I got stronger and got stronger and got stronger. I'm just here to encourage somebody across Tampa Bay. You're stronger than you think you are. You can deal with it. And God's making you those muscles stronger and bigger ever because he's got greatness in store for your life. Man, 2 Corinthians, Paul says it this way. We ought to always thank God. For you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. I love that. You got to flex those faith muscles sometimes. Stretch them out. Strengthen them. And that's why I always think, listen, you're never going to live in comfort here at Radiant. Because our goal at Radiant is not to make you comfortable. It's to, to strengthen you. To make, do you remember the first time you had to pray for somebody? I mean, it was hard. Right? I mean, you remember like God said, okay, go pray for your coworker. And you're like, oh, they're going to make fun of me. I'm not going to say the right words. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then eventually you stepped out and you go, okay, I'm going to do it. Do you remember the second time you went to pray? Way easier. Why? The muscle grew. The first time you gave, I remember the first time when God challenged me on giving, 
I was working, I was 16 years old working at McDonald's. Hey, give your 10% to God. And I'm like crying. <laughs> I'm poor and I'm even giving poor. Now, now it gets to a place like, like I, that's why we do expansion. That's why we do these moments. We're like, okay, now let's stretch. Now let's stretch. I gave my expansion offer a few days ago online. I remember sitting there going, man, if I would have been told to give that years ago, I would have, I would have fallen apart. But every year, uh, uh, twice a year now, we, we stretch the church. No, 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 give above and beyond. Give above and beyond. Do something that's sacrificial. Why? It's not to break you. It's to build you so that you can be stronger than you were before. Let's continue to do this. Every time you serve, every time you give, every time you, you reach out, every time you show up, I want you to know it's exercising those faith muscles because you're called to grow. So here's my question for you. When is the last time you exercised your faith? When's the last time that you stepped out? You invited that friend to church. You shared the gospel with somebody. You went on a missions trip. You gave above and beyond. You go, well, that's uncomfortable. Great. Our job is to build you into something great that God's called you to be. So faith is received. Faith must grow. And then here's the third one. There's moments where faith must be activated. It's got to be activated. So you receive this faith, you exercise this faith, but it's not just for your looks. It's not so you could go, look at me. I'm a person of faith. Look at me. Look how strong my faith is. No, 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 no. It's because eventually, as the scriptures say, that the arrow, the enemy is going to shoot flaming arrows at your life. And they're going to look like doubt and they're going to look like attacks and they're going to look like terrible reports and they're going to look like all this confusion. And while he's attacking your life, now it's time to take something that has been given to you and then built up. And now it's time to activate it in whatever situation you're in so that you can now be protected against the attacks of the enemy in your life. So let me tell you how to activated in my life that I've, I've done, and it's really helped me, and I think it'll help you. Here's your practical application. Ready? As I activate my faith by speaking God's word. So whenever I'm sitting there and I'm under attack, my family's under attack, my kids are under attack, the church is under attack, I go back to God's word. Remember when Jesus was under attack in the wilderness, and the enemy came after him, he did not respond with some clever one-liners. No, what did he respond with? As it is written. In other words, let me go back to what God says and I'm gonna hold on to that. It's the same solution for your life today. When you're under attack, go back to what God says. See, it says in 2 Corinthians this way, as it is written, I have believed, so I have faith, therefore now I speak that faith in every situation. Now I've spoken. And this is so crucial that we don't just believe it, we speak it. So your, your family is going through some trials, well, speak God's word. As for me and my house, Joshua 24 says, we will serve the Lord. It might not look like that right now, but we're going to hold up a shield of faith over our home and say, no, no, we're serving the Lord. That's what we're going to do here. I love this. Your kids are far from God. It seems like it's over. It's okay. When the enemy attacks you with that, just respond with, no, 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 no. Here's the promise of God. The shield over my life is that I train up a child in the way that they should go. And guess what? Old, old might mean 24, it might mean 64, but I'm going to hold on to God's word. And the shield around my family is that he will not depart from it. I'm holding on to that right now. Well, my family's falling apart. The marriage is rough. The enemy's telling you it's over. No, no, no. We hold up that shield of faith. We are confident of this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on.
on unto completion until the day of our George Jesus Christ. Can we just give them better praise than that? Like we have a shield over our life. We hold that up. I speak God's word out. You've been given a bad report from the doctor and it seems overwhelming. There's a shield you hold up. It's called Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, some people say, by his stripes, we are healed. We hold on to that. It's a shield that protects your life. When the enemy says, no, 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 you're going to experience that same diagnosis. No, no, you're going to get sick like everybody else. You go, no, 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 Psalm 107. He sent out his word and his word healed them. This is the healing we have available over our lives. We're going to speak God's word and watch what happens. It activates the faith of shield in our life. You dealing with some anxiety? A little bit of worry. Man, we're all kind of stressed these days. I speak Isaiah 26.3. He will be kept in perfect peace. Oh, Aaron, you got to worry about that. Oh, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? How's this going to affect the church? Oh, no, 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 no. Satan, you don't understand. You're attacking the wrong person. Aaron Burke is at perfect peace. Because guess what? Because my mind is steadfast. Because, not because of of what's going on around me because my trust is in the Lord. Because my trust is in you. What does that do? It shields your life from the attacks of the enemy. I, I, I just get reminded of this. Anytime anxiety, worry comes over, I'm, I think of Matthew 6. Look at the birds of the air. What a great passage right there. I was driving the other day, super stressed. I'm driving home, pulling into my house. And the road that leads to my house, there's all these ducks. That, I mean, they just live there. They, like, walk all over. And these ducks, they're pretty far out. I'm driving, you know, pretty quickly. And as I'm getting there, I'm like, they're going to move. They're going to move. They're going to move. They're going to move. And eventually, they just don't move. So I have to slam on my brakes so I don't run over these ducks. Like, it's very annoying. And, you know, and, I, and then I, the duck looks at me. He just, like, finally, I'm, like, on top of him. And he just looks at me. He's like. <laughs> and I thought of this verse. Look at the birds. Maybe it was the Lord's way of actually telling me, Aaron, no, no, actually look at the birds. Don't run over the birds. <laughs> That's funny right there. No, 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 look at that. Aaron, you almost hit those things. And guess what? They're not stressed. They're not sowing or reaping or storing away in barns. And yet the heavenly father takes care of them. How much more valuable are you than they? What is that? It's a shield against the anxiety, the worries, the attacks of the world. Well, Aaron, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I do understand the shield that there's no weapon forged against you that shall be able to prosper. I know we can hold that up against whatever attack comes our way. We stand strong on this. Well, Aaron, the sin is overwhelming. I can't find victory. No, 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 no. God's word says, thanks be to God. He gives us victory through Christ Jesus. Well, the temptation is overwhelming. If that arrow of temptation is coming after your life, you speak first. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. What do you do when you speak that out? It raises and activates faith. It brings a shield over your life so that the enemy can't get in. Come on, give God better praise than that. Amen. It's a shield of faith. It's a shield of faith. Here's the second one is I activate faith by surrounding myself with people of faith. 
I want to live this way. I want to, I want to get into place where, because there's moments, if I'm being very real, very vulnerable, well, I don't feel faith-filled. I've got to call some of my friends and go, hey, can you believe God for me with this? I'm doubting. I'm struggling. Can, can you believe with me? Can we, can we latch our faith together? What I've realized about faith is faith is very contagious. So when I get around people of faith, I start experiencing more faith. Sometimes I need their faith to hold on. I got some pastors that are friends of mine. I get around them. I just, man, let that faith rub off on me. There's actually something really cool during, during the Roman kind of conquest during that time, this, this was written, the Roman soldiers were like the best of the best. And what they would do, they would do a thing called the turtle formation. I thought this was so interesting. When they were under massive attack or they want to attack a city, they want to do advance. What they would do is they would, they would call turtle formation. And what they'd do is they would get their shield up, but it wasn't their shield alone. They would actually get their friends next to them and next to them, next to them. And eventually what it ended up looking like is like this. That's what it looked like. So then the enemy would attack them and throw, you know, I mean, there's flaming arrows coming its way and it's okay. Because guess what? We're stronger together. We've got each other's back. We're able to pr- move forward. Found a clip from the movie Troy. Uh, don't recommend it, but it's got the idea in it where they pull the turtle formation. Look at this. This is them under there. That's the army right there. And what are they doing? They're getting together. The arrows are flying. They're hitting it. And what are they doing? They're strong together. They can advance together. No matter what's coming their way, they can move forward because they are one. Can I just remind you this simple statement? Christianity is not a solo sport. You can't win this thing alone. You're going to be attacked from multiple different ways. And that's why we need our brothers and sisters. That's why we get involved in a group. That's why we go to next steps. That's that's why we're on teams. That's why we're serving. Because sometimes your faith is weak, but they've got your back. I've got your back. We're going to do this thing together. And not only are we going to be protected against the enemy, but we're going to advance into enemy territory and take back what the devil has stolen from our lives. We are moving forward as a church, and we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. Here's your last one. We'll close. Ready? It's I activate my faith. I bring that shield of faith in by simply keeping my eyes on Jesus. Because I don't know if you realize that in our world today, it's so easy to get our eyes on the arrow. <laughs> and just think about this. Can we be very practical? When you're so fixated on the arrow, guess what's going to happen? going to take you out. You've spent way too much time. Can I just make a, a, a declaration over your life? You spent way too much time fo- fixated on the arrow that's been attacking your life. Wow. You're going, wow, it's flaming. Wow, it's, it's a, attacking the enemy. No, 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 no. Stop getting focused on that. Raise the shield of faith by fixing your, fixing your eyes on Jesus. It's not about focusing on the problem. It's focusing on the problem solver. His name is Jesus. He's the one that can fix it, whatever you're going through today. And when you focus on him, it brings protection over your life. Hebrews says it this way, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. What is, what is he doing? He's starting and he's perfecting your faith, but we gotta keep our eyes on him. For the joy set before them. He endured the cross, scorning his shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's why during these fights, we gotta get our eyes back on him. 
last story in our close. 1996 Olympics, uh, the U.S. Olympic team, there was a girl named Carrie Strug who was one of the best of the best. She was the last person to represent the U.S. team in the, uh, the vault, you know, the thing where you run and kind of jump off of it and do your flips. I'm not an expert in gymnastics, but you got the idea. She's the last one that was gonna go. And so she has two attempts and this would determine if the U.S. gets gold or if they get silver. So she's the next one up, she goes, she runs, she hits the vault, she flips, but when she lands, she lands wrong and she twists her angle and she falls. She gets up even trying to stand up and she can't even stand up. She's just limping along the whole time. So you can actually hear it in the crowd as, as everybody watches this and knows the chances of gold is gone for the US team. So just depleted, demoralized, oh man, we lost. She's sad, she's crying, she's looking at her, her twisted um, foot and she's walking around here in this field. Even the, the, the teammates as she's walking by are like, oh man, you gave it a good try, Carrie, good try, good try, it's okay. We always got four years from now. And the coach had a moment that really was, was written about and talked about that would end up being a game changer where the coach had a moment where he pulls her aside and said, Carrie, what, what are you thinking? Well, this foot and, and I messed up and, and I guess I'll try it again in a few years. And he said, listen to me, Carrie, you're gonna try this attempt again. You've got one more shot, but this time, you're not gonna think about your foot. You're not gonna think about your crowd. You're not gonna think about your teammates. I want you to keep your eyes on me. I want you to keep your eyes on me. And here's what you're gonna see from me. I'm gonna cheer you on. I'm gonna be in your corner. You're gonna get, you're, you're gonna see that if you keep your eyes on me, you can do this thing. And as she ran and did her final approach, keeping her eyes right there on her coach, she did it. Even as she landed, it was so crazy to watch. Because as she landed, she landed perfectly and then brought her leg up like this because it was so messed up. But she landed in a perfect way that presented the U.S. team with gold. I want to say this to somebody in here today. Listen, you've had your focus on the brokenness in your life for far too long. I know it's been tough, but let me just give you a word from God. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get it off of your situation. Get it off of what you're going through. Get it on Jesus. And I want you to know this. If you'll attempt this thing again, you will. Listen, you might limp a little bit, but you're going to land this thing. You're going to land it. You're going to see a healthy marriage. You're going to see those kids follow the Lord. You'll land it if you keep your eyes on Him. Come on, why don't we at every location stand to our feet? Let's get our eyes off of what we're going through. Let's focus it on Jesus, who will always bring us into victory, no matter what we're going through today. We look to Him. We look for Him. We keep our eyes on Him. Come on, sing it out. Let's go.
invitations. I just want a moment where we raise a shield of faith over our situation. I know some of you guys, you're, you're, you're under attack right now. It's been difficult. It's been discouraging. You feel like there's no end in sight. And I want to remind you guys, listen, you will have victory in this thing. Just right now, fix your, fix your eyes on Jesus. Some of you guys, you, you don't even have the faith for yourself in this time. That's okay. That's what the church is for. Turtle formation. Let's get together. <laughs> Let's cover each other in this moment. Lord, I speak over your church right now. There's so many that are battling, that are under attack of the enemy, and I speak over them that they will be victorious, that we fix our eyes not on what we can do, but we fix our eyes on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. So, Lord, we thank you that we're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are so thankful, God, that you did not bring us to this place to fail us, but we will be conquerors amongst every attack. Lord, that the enemy might throw our way, we raise a shield of faith and say, God, if you are for us, then it doesn't matter who is against us. We will overcome and we will be in victory because we serve a God who is victorious. Every bit of anxiety has to go. Every tack is null and void. And today, we raise a shield of faith to protect ourselves from whatever the enemy is throwing at our lives. We thank you for faith, God. Faith that we've received from you so that we can live for you. One more group that's here today and it's those who don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know it, it takes faith from God to have faith in God. So you just heard it. You heard the truth, the truth that God loves you. God has a plan for your life. He's not done with you. And now it's your moment to respond. He is the sacrifice for your sins. He's the solution to whatever you're going through. Even as you hear that truth, you go, now, how do I react? You act out in faith. And what's your faith move? Your faith move is to give Jesus your life. Give him your sin. Give him your past. Give him your issues. Go all in with God. This is your moment right now. If that's you, all over whatever campus you're at, you're going to make a bold decision. It's a faith decision. Say, I'm giving Jesus my life. On the count of three, I want you to respond. We're not going to have you come forward. We're not going to embarrass you. But we do want you to stretch that faith muscle by saying, I'm going to act on truth by giving Jesus my life. On the count of three, you're going to throw that hand up. And I believe God will meet you right where you're sitting. One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people. Every location. Thank you so much. Let's do this. Why don't we pray this prayer out loud together. Say it like this. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. You're going to be my Lord, and you'll be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate lives that just were transformed? Oh, come on, let's do better than that. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.